and welcome to the Confusion to Clarity podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week, we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening, I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope everybody listening has had a good week. My week has been pretty busy. I actually had a really busy kind of weekend running into it as well. So my daughter competed at a really large cross-country championships in Malvern, um, which is such a beautiful part of the UK. I've never been there before. Um, It was really lovely and it was just so nice to have a weekend away. And Darcy did incredibly. She actually came second out of 192 runners. And oh my gosh, the course was so tough and hilly. Even walking it was hard going, let alone how she ran it too. Um, But it was just really nice to have that weekend away and just sort of change of scenery. You know, we can get so caught up in our lives, you know, one week blurs into the next. More often that's my experience. So actually having that weekend away just really felt like a break, even though it was busy if you know what I mean. So the weekend array really kind of highlighted the importance of creating that balance, making time to do things. And on a plus side, on the way up there, we actually stopped at Cadbury World too, which is always fun. Um, so that was really good too. So I had this like crazy busy weekend, straight into a week, had three parents evening, all three of my children's parents evening fell on the same week. So I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a parents evening each night in addition to working, so it was like really, really full on. And also in addition to all of that, I managed to find a stolen car. So you probably know by now, I love a random story on this podcast. This is no exception, I'm gonna share it with you. Has no relevance to this week's topic, but I'm gonna share it anyway, because it was a really interesting, well, I thought it was an interesting story. See what you think. So Tuesday morning, I'm waiting for my client to log on, and they were a little bit late. So I saw a notification ping up on my phone from Facebook. So the close that I live in, we have a neighbourhood watch group. So clicked onto the post, being the nosy neighbour I am, to see what had happened. And really awfully, one of our neighbours had had their car stolen. So um, their car, the key had been cloned from inside their house and the car had been stolen. So this post was explaining kind of what had happened, had a picture of the car, the make, the model, the number plate. And obviously I read it and thinking, gosh, this is awful. You know, you know, this happened right on our doorstep, you know, and you think, gosh, how did I not hear anything? It was like three o'clock in the morning. So anyway, um, read the post, felt awful. Then my client logged on and I didn't think anything more about it. Later that afternoon, my daughter was running another cross country. Yeah, she ran twice in a week. Um, and I was going off to watch her. So headed off to go and watch her driving up there. And I was about maybe a mile and a half, two miles from my home. Now the road, it looks like a country road, but it actually is really, really busy. It's a kind of cut through. And as I was going down this road, I saw a car parked up on the left, kind of just randomly on the side of the road. And then opposite there was a tire. So I just thought somebody's obviously broken down, just slowed down to go around the car. As I've gone around the car, something made me look at the, you know, the make, the model and the, the number plate. 
and I just suddenly thought that that's a stolen car I mean I don't know how the number plate stuck in my mind I mean I'll go into the kitchen and forget what I went in there for but just something made me think I'm sure that's the car but then I was doubting myself because I was like surely it wouldn't just be parked on what is actually a very busy road just randomly on the side so got to where I was going parked up had really really bad signal so I was trying to get back onto Facebook just to verify the the picture and the number plate anyway managed to find it and I'm like it's the car so I called the 101 number and logged it with them and then I managed to go back onto the Facebook post and saw who had shared the post and I found the name and pinged them a message saying look I think I found your car I've reported it to the police this is where it is and then she messaged straight back and then managed to call me and she's like we're gonna get there right now Anyway, they did, and it was the car. They got the car back. Well, the police came, and they took it away for, obviously, forensics. Um, but essentially, the car was in one piece. Um, it had just been abandoned there. Apparently, that's part of what they do. This kind of gang, when they're stealing cars, they leave them and see if they're found before they take them again. And, yeah, they got the car back, and it was fine. There was no damage to it. Um, it literally had just been driven a couple of miles from the home, parked up on the side of the road, it was just so bizarre because I would never normally be going that way at that time of day. Don't know what made me stop and kind of recognise the car, recognise the number plate. As I said, my memory is shocking. But on this occasion, I remembered and it stuck out and they got the car back. So just so pleased for them because, you know, it could have been quite a different story. So yeah, that, that was a random part of my week, finding stolen cars. But anyway, putting my detective skills on the back burner and getting on with today's episode. Um, so this episode was inspired by a conversation I had with a client a couple of weeks ago. Now, this particular client, we've worked together for um, a couple of years now. Most of my clients actually work with me normally for around eight weeks. We do sort of an intensive eight-week block, weekly calls, But then after that, lots of my clients stay with me for monthly sessions, what I call like maintenance sessions. So in those sessions, we go over the previous month, um, we work through any blocks and we kind of just reset you, motivate and energize you for the month ahead. And I love these sessions. Um, It's a great opportunity that I build, you know, amazing rapport with my clients. I really get to know them. So I always look forward to those monthly sessions. So with these sessions, for a lot of my clients, it does centre around goals they're working on, you know, working on sort of any, um, anything they're trying to manifest or any sort of, you know, issues that are coming up in their lives. So this client in particular had been working towards a really big goal of a promotion. So we'd worked hard on lots of blocks and limiting beliefs that they had had, and they recently were given the promotion that they'd been working so hard to achieve. Now, obviously, they were delighted. They'd manifested this promotion. They'd worked really hard for it, and they celebrated it. But after they'd kind of celebrated and they'd kind of sort of adjusted to it, they really said how they felt actually a little bit flat. They were obviously eager to get stuck into the job, but equally, they couldn't shake this kind of almost underwhelmed feeling. And we read, we hear, and we talk a lot about the process of bringing goals to life, you know, the various different manifesting techniques. But you don't tend to hear a lot or see many conversations about 
coping once your manifestation is here, you know, once you've reached that goal and called that amazing thing into your life. And I've experienced this myself firsthand and I've shared in previous episodes um, about our house move, um, how we had the neighbour from hell and it really was awful. But the house we bought was a total renovation project. So when we got the keys, it was pretty much uninhabitable. And I was also six weeks off my due date with my daughter Darcy. Um, Yeah, it was quite the time. But we always knew that that house was going to be a project house. It was never going to be our forever home. So we always had this kind of list of things that needed doing, what next. We tackled the renovation. We dealt with the neighbour. Then we also had Blake, my my fourth baby, while we were there too. So we crammed a lot into the time that we were there. Um, But obviously all the time we knew that there was this kind of long-term house that we were looking for, that we were working towards, um, and this goal that we were trying to achieve. So all in all, it did take us a few years to fully renovate the house, have two more children, and then be in a position to move again. Now, once our house was on the market, I went into full manifestation mode, and our house sold really quickly. I was there packing up boxes, decluttering, you know, searching for a new house. It was all kind of go, go, go. And we were really lucky because the move actually happened quickly without any kind of major dramas. Um, But once we'd physically moved into our new home, I was obviously feeling grateful because it was a huge manifestation. But I really found myself battling with this like flat feeling. And then I was getting really cross with myself because in my head, you know, I was thinking, you've just manifested this amazing new home. It ticked everything that I had put on my vision board Um, And then here I was feeling like low. So I sort of, you know, told myself, well, clearly I'm being ungrateful, which consciously I knew I wasn't. I was so grateful, but my subconscious was kind of telling me otherwise. It was kind of highlighting all those times where I'd sat in the old house, you know, visualizing about this day and being in this house and not having this awful neighbor. But it was when I was journaling on how I felt that it dawned on me. I'd been so focused on the doing, I hadn't really stopped and taken stock of the journey that had led me to this place. I'd been constantly telling myself, I'll be happy when we find the new house. I'll be happy when we get the mortgage offer. I'll be happy when we get the keys, etc., etc." I think when we're manifesting, we can so easily just focus on the end goal, the item we want, convincing ourselves that when it materializes, we will be happy, we will feel content. And as we go along that journey and we reach the next milestone, we do receive a hit of our feel-good hormone dopamine. Now our bodies obviously like this constant hit of dopamine, they get used to it. And this is part of what spurs us on towards those goals and keeps us going. But when we reach the end and that dopamine hit starts to slow, level out, then we can notice that flat feeling. And it can also manifest in sometimes like a real overwhelm as well, like this feels too good to be true. And there is a name for this, and it's called the arrival fallacy, and it was a term coined by a lecturer at Harvard University called Ben Tal Shahar. I might pronounce that wrong, but um, the arrival fallacy is when we are telling ourselves, once we attain a goal, reach a destination, then we will reach that long-term happiness. And I've always described this as like a manifestation hangover, because to me it's like that flat feeling you get after a night out. It's like that, oh, you know you're just drained and tired and you're kind of lacking that you know, motivation, that positive feeling. 
So how can we tackle this and how can we find a way to embrace, celebrate and feel good about reaching our goals and achieving our manifestations that we don't have those points where we start to kind of drop off. We have that consistent feel good feeling. I think the key thing is to slow down, to slow down and enjoy the process. It is so important to keep sight of the end goal, you know, your why, because that is our motivator, it's our driving force. However, if that is our sole focus, we can find ourselves fixated on the end goal, we can find ourselves reaching the finish line, but then, as I've been saying, feeling that flat, kind of overwhelmed or unfulfilled feeling. So on the way to achieving those big manifestations, it is so important to celebrate your little wins along the way you know, work with those dopamine hits and harness them, break down your goals into smaller steps. And then when you reach those smaller steps on the way, make a purposeful effort to congratulate yourself. So I had a client once and she was growing um, her social media platforms as part of her business. And she'd built up one of the platforms to around about 500 people. So I said to her, well, you know, that's an amazing achievement. And she replied, well, it's only 500 people. And then she listed people who were doing a similar thing to herself, who had thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of followers. So I told her to close her eyes and imagine standing on a stage with 500 people in front of you, listening to what you were saying. And then she suddenly saw that actually that would seem a lot of people to have like 500 people in front of you. And that it was in fact more of an achievement that she was actually giving herself credit for. So celebrating your wins along the way could be really simple. It could be, I don't know, just treating yourself to lunch or, you know, a nice coffee. It doesn't have to be something huge and extravagant. But it's just finding ways, you know, to acknowledge and reward yourself. Also practicing gratitude on the way to your manifestation. So most of us know, of course, we, we are grateful. But get specific. You know, what are you specifically grateful for? you know, about, you know, that milestone that you've hit. And I find keeping a gratitude journal is incredibly powerful. I write out 10 things every day that I'm grateful for, and importantly, why I'm grateful for them. So in terms of manifestation and avoiding that kind of manifestation hangover at the end, as you're working towards that manifestation, listing all the things you are grateful for about where you are currently, not necessarily about what it is you're manifesting and how grateful you will be when that comes to fruition you know what are you grateful for right here right now as you move towards that end goal and I've actually done um, a whole episode on gratitude but just as a side note here while we're talking about manifesting and perhaps feeling a little flat I just wanted to add this in here if you're manifesting, working towards a goal and you're feeling as though you're kind of hitting a wall or there are problems in your path, use gratitude. So rather than focusing on what's not going right, you know, highlighting the problem. So for example, I don't know, let's just say you were having issues with an item you bought and you call the customer service team, but they're just not really being very helpful. They're not resolving the issue that you need them to resolve. Use gratitude to highlight what is positive about that situation. So it could be, for example, um, I don't know, you've got, um, you have your phone. So therefore, you have your phone, you have access to your emails, which means that you don't have to go and find your laptop, log on, find a Wi-Fi connection. You can just sort of ping an email over to the company from your phone 
whilst I know you're out walking your dog. Therefore, it meant that you could work through the process quicker. So you're grateful for your phone, you know, being able to to do that for you while you're on the go. You're grateful for the internet connection that allowed you to send that email. Um, And so on, breaking that problem down and looking at what you are grateful for. And it can be tricky, um, you know, especially if it is a frustrating situation. But take time sit down and really go through the problem and highlight you know what you are grateful for because there will be things even if kind of on first instance it doesn't look like that is the case this is something i do myself if i have a problem or frustrating situation and i'm struggling to turn it around in my head i will sit down and write a gratitude list about the the not necessarily the problem but things around the problem that are going well the things that i am thankful for around that situation and I really believe that helps you to turn things around and be less self-destructive and start to you know think about how you want to be and feel and take yourself in that direction and I've always found when I've done that I do see kind of you know odd synchronicities and situations occurring that begin to take me in that more positive direction and at the back of my gratitude journal I always keep a list of positives And I started this when I was working through the book The Magic by Rhonda Byrne. Um, I talk about this book a lot. Um, And I just list out the positive things that I've noticed in my day. And I just write them at the back of my gratitude journal. So it could be, um, I don't know, maybe you've got a discount on something. Or there was a moment in the day that made me smile. Perhaps a school run with no traffic and I got back quickly. Although that's a huge positive. Because when we're working towards the big goals, we can easily forget about the little things as we're too busy focusing on the big thing, the end goal. By focusing on the little things, we're also keeping ourselves in the present moment. Visualization and feeling into what we want is a key part of manifesting and part of the motivation process. But if we find ourselves constantly negatively forecasting the future or starting to obsess about it in an unhealthy way, that's where we can begin to create those negative feelings. When we're feeling and thinking in that way, we're not here and now, we're not in the present moment. So by using gratitude and highlighting the wins along the way, it keeps us consistently feeling good and then we find we have the ability to navigate kind of any curveballs or like wobbles that might kind of trigger us or come our way. There is another part um, to kind of this flat feeling after you've manifested something and I would sometimes describe this as like an upper limit problem. So I see this a lot with clients um, and it's happened to me previously before where you know you've called something big into your life like a a house or a large sum of money etc and where we've been focused on the end goal we've worked really hard to get it Um, you know that item is now here it's in our reality but that flat feeling actually comes down to a feeling of you know unworthiness you know not feeling worthy for the thing that you've achieved it's almost like oh I have this but you know who am I to have this house who am I to have this car or this amount of money because remember our subconscious mind likes familiarity it doesn't like change so an example perhaps let's just say you've been working towards this big promotion you get the job suddenly your working hours change you're also earning more money now maybe the job is bringing exciting opportunities like the opportunity to travel now intellectually you know that this is what you want you've worked really hard to you know obtain that promotion you know and you're here you have this 
larger bank balance, you're being congratulated for this new job, maybe you're planning the work trip, but yet inside you're feeling like a fraud. This could also be triggered by what we've been talking about above, by not celebrating your wins and acknowledging your successes along the way. But it could also be triggering a limiting belief around worth, for example. Now, these feelings could be triggered by, for example, you know, like above, where I was saying about not celebrating your wins along the way. But it could also be triggering a limiting belief around worth or some other limiting belief that it's highlighting. So our subconscious mind is like the the caveman, cavewoman part of our brain. It relies on previous patterns and instincts. Um, so it's like your, you know, your prehistoric brain. And as I've already said, it likes things that are familiar to it. So if we, you know, we're in kind of primitive prehistoric times, um, you know, there could be danger all around. At that time, it was safer for us to be in a group. If we went kind of wandering off away from our tribe on our own, then we could have been in real danger. Now you might be thinking, this is ridiculous. Like how on earth is getting a new job gonna be a threat to my well-being? How is it linked back to prehistoric times? But in your subconscious mind, that is always looking out for danger. It's always on red alert and it doesn't like change. So whilst getting this amazing new job is incredible, your brain, it's unfamiliar to it, so therefore it is reading it as a threat to your well-being. So like I said, intellectually, you know this job is safe, it's your perfect job, you've been working so hard to, you know, to attain it, you've been working so hard to achieve it, to get that job. You know, intellectually, you know this job is perfectly safe, you're not going to get eaten. Your subconscious is saying, you know, you are out now in the big wide world, you are alone, it is unfamiliar territory, therefore it isn't safe and we need to revert back to where we are comfortable, aka safe and then you might notice this playing out in your life by perhaps you know, highlighting the parts of your new job that maybe you don't feel that you like or you know, highlighting the changes or um, you know, other people might be saying stuff to you as well. You might notice how you're rose tinting your previous job, maybe telling yourself, oh, do you know what, it wasn't that bad. You know, maybe I was overreacting. Maybe it was better with how it was. Um, maybe the new salary is triggering you. Maybe it's highlighting some money blocks that you have perhaps from when you were younger. Maybe you were told, you know, um, people who earn a certain amount of money were bad or, you know, people with money had acquired wealth in an underhanded way. So again, here your brain is making assumptions that this new chapter in your life isn't safe. We need to find a way to get back to that old place of familiarity and quick. Um, and in the example of a money block, you might notice that suddenly you receive unexpected bills for like the exact amount that you've just had a pay rise for. Um, so that extra money you have has now been accounted for because you had to pay this you know, unexpected bill. And in all of these examples, first and foremost, I would always say, you know, it is so important to be kind to yourself. If you are feeling uneasy, flat, or any other negative emotion, remind yourself that it's your brain freaking out because it feels unsafe, it feels unfamiliar, and this is where it's important to start you know, implementing that self-care journey too. You know, journal on these feelings, start identifying those limiting beliefs so that you can then learn to release them and reframe them. I really love using EFT, the emotional freedom technique for this. I've spoke about this in previous episodes as well. 
meditation. Meditation is an amazing tool for calming your mind and refocusing. And I've spoken a lot in previous episodes about making sure when you are going through change, you are keeping on top of all those mindset techniques, creating a daily routine that you implement to kind of help you navigate those changes. And episode three of the podcast is all about mastering your mindset. In this episode, I go deeper into how you can create and maintain good mindset routines. So I will make sure that I link that episode below in case you want to go back and, you know, overhaul your routine. Maybe, you know, you've just manifested something and you're kind of identifying with this and feeling this way and you just want some guidance around how you can create, you know, a mindset routine to support yourself. So I'll link that below. And like always, if you have any questions about anything that I've discussed in this topic, you want some help with some detective skills, I'm joking, um, then please always get in touch. All my contact details are below. Um, All my social media information is linked there as well. So yeah, please do get in touch. Um, And if you have enjoyed the podcast, please share it with somebody else you feel may enjoy it. If you can, like it, leave a review. It really helps me get this out to as many people as I can. So thank you for listening. I hope you found this useful and that you have an amazing week.